0: what does it mean for me to fully love and to fully put my heart on the line in everything that I do, in all my relationships, in my business, in my service, in my offerings, without an attachment to what that's going to give me. I think it's like the human condition to not have that trust and faith. And that's part of the, that's part of the beauty of our evolution to love fully knowing that your heart might literally be obliterated. Like most people aren't willing to devote themselves to their purpose because they're so scared of failing.
1: Welcome to Openly Spoken, the podcast to help you show up, Speak Out and Be Seen. Here you'll get to eavesdrop on connected women's conversations about self-love, confidence, healing, relationships, creativity, and more. I'm your host, Celia Antonio, and I am your guide to getting you grounded into your body, feeling your full spectrum of emotion, and expanding your fullest self-expression. I also pop in here from time to time with solo episodes where I give you tips, tricks, and resources like meditations, visualizations, and all the things to get you grounded, to get you to feel, to get you to alchemize, and to get you to expand and express yourself fully. I'm so grateful that you're here and I invite you to now put your hands on your heart, take a deep breath, set a tone for how you want to be as you show up for this podcast, take what resonates in this podcast leave out what doesn't resonate and take some time to reflect and to contemplate and if there's anything in the podcast you want to chat about you can always reach out to me on instagram at self babe thank you so much for being here now let's get started Hello, welcome back to another episode of Openly Spoken. I'm so grateful that you're here and I'm so excited to share this conversation that I had yesterday with Dana. And to sum it all up of what we talked about, we basically talked about surrendering to God and it's not what you think. Even in me, putting the title of this podcast as surrendering to God is like a stretch for me. Uh, I prefer to use the word source or the universe or the divine. So know that this is not a religious episode. It's an episode about surrender and about realizing that no matter what plans we make, we can't control the outcomes. We can't control how the things that we desire are going to happen in our life. And yeah, and and we need to have that surrender to be able to have an open vessel so that everything that's meant for us can come to us. So that's basically the summary of our episode. And there's so many juicy nuggets. This is going to be a highly inspirational episode for you. I'm excited for you to be in Dana's energy. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Dana before we dive in. Dana Lisa is a life oracle, and a biz whiz for intuitive baddies ready to master self-healing and create a sold out mentorship practice through embodiment. And so we went into this conversation with the intention of talking about self-leadership and business growth through embodiment. And I think that what came out is very appropriate to this piece of like how can you lead yourself through embodiment? Because It's a sensation you feel in your body that you are surrendered, that you have trust in the universe and source and the divine, or if you prefer the word God, that you have trust that you're going to be okay, girl. You're going to be fine. So let's dive into this episode. Before we dive into today's episode, I am so excited about something that I want to invite you into. This is a space where you can expand your nervous system capacity, silence your inner mean girl, slay your shame, and get covered in this warm fuzzy blanket of 11 days of sensual self-care. So if you are a woman who wants to deepen your relationship with your breasts, this is the offering for you so what this is it's a course called heart magic we are actually kicking off on 11 11 with a live masterclass, and this is the space for you this is the portal for you to deepen into self-love to deepen your sensitivity to release anything that you might be holding on to in your heart space And if you want to also have like a spiritual awakening to what it means to be a woman, like that is like the most, mm, that's like the juiciest part of like diving into this kind of work, especially if it's your first time. And for my podcast listeners, you can use the code openly to get 20% off. If you're listening in the future, know that this code openly is going to be valid until January 7th, 2023. So if you're listening in the future, and it happens to be before January 7th, come in and join us, babe. I would love for you to join us. And there's a link below so you can find out all the details. And you can always reach out to me on Instagram at self express, babe to ask me any questions. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Well, thank you for being here, Dana. I'm really excited to co create with you and to see where this conversation takes us.
0: Me too. I'm so excited. I know every time we talk, it's always so deep and profound and also like fun and expansive. And I'm really excited for our conversation.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, what is what's alive in you right now? What's moving through you? I love this question.
0: It's such a big question. And it's, yeah, it's so juicy because. I'm kind of like coming out of a purge and rebirth initiation cycle that's had kind of like micro cycles throughout the past year, but this year has really like brought me to my knees in a lot of ways. Mm It's been, it's been a year of just actually learning what true submission to God and to the path and to surrender looks like. And I went through quite an intense breakup about a year ago now. And so I'd say that was kind of like the final piece of life falling apart at that time. Like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: my life had kind of culminated in me achieving everything that I thought that I wanted. Like I had moved to Indonesia and I had found a partner that like checked everything on my superficial list that I had created of what I thought I wanted in a partner. And I had made like a six figure business and I had done all of the things that I thought, okay, yeah. Like once I have all those things, that's it, you know, like I'm good. Mm -hmm. And they were beautiful. Like there was so much beauty in it. Not lacking gratitude for what I created because my life was fucking bomb.com. Like I created a really, (laughs) really good life. It was really awesome. And I also in the achievement of it recognized that there was a lot more for me. There was a lot more fulfillment. There was a lot more love to be experienced. There was a lot more joy, a lot more alignment And in that realization, I had kind of started this journey within and started to kind of let things fall apart. And I was like, allowing them to fall apart, because I knew in the falling apart, there would be a lot of space for clarity and a lot of space for the trueness to come in free of my control, my little like sticky control fingers trying to mastermind what I thought was going to bring me happiness and fulfillment, which I had already done, right? I had masterminded Mm -hmm. and controlled my way to six figures, this relationship, nomad life, all of these things. And so things like fell apart over like a, a quite a long period of time. Like the last, I'd say, six months of my relationship with my partner, like things fell apart in my business. I completely burned my six figure business to the ground. I started you are into it. Oh, like I got rid of rebel printers. I, I moved into like a small place, like a apartment out of a really nice villa because my finances had taken a turn because i was allowing i wasn't gonna force anything it was like i can't force anything there's nothing Mm. to force like i'm at this point where like i can't even force anything even if i tried Mm. Mm. and on my journey that's kind of been a theme like because i'll usually in the past I've tried to force until I literally couldn't force anymore. And then it's like, okay, I literally have no choice, but surrender. It's kind of like the last resort at this point. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I could have chosen the grace, the gracefulness of surrender sooner. Had I like been honest with myself, but I had so much attachment. Like there was so much Mm -hmm. identity attachment to like being a nomad, my successful business, my income, my partnership. Like there was so much identity associated with all of those things that letting them go, there was this fear that I wasn't going to know who I was without those things, because I had traded my past life of like my relationship with my ex-husband, who I was with for seven years. And that had been my whole identity. And I had traded that for all of these other things that were now my identity, but my identity still wasn't who I actually am underneath all of that. It was still all of these superficial things in my mind. And so Things fell apart, fell apart, fell apart. My partnership ended. It all culminated to essentially me sleeping on an air mattress in my parents' living room of their two-bedroom apartment, having put on an extra 20 pounds, binge drinking, no money in my bank account, feeling really sorry for myself really struggling mentally and like having all kinds of yoni health issues, like just everything. Mm-hmm. It was all happening. And I was like, well, well <laughs> here's my moment of like no choice, but surrender, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I, I called in a one-on-one paid in full client after a failed launch. Like I had this really failed launch and I was like, Ugh gosh, well, of course it's a failed launch. Cause I was talking about like business and money and things that aren't really like truly alive for me right now and not things mm. I'm truly embodied in. And so I was having this kind of come to Jesus moment. And then I received a paid in full one-on-one client and immediately booked a ticket to Mexico. For, I'm just going to get out of here and go to Mexico for a few weeks. And when I got to Mexico, I landed in Cancun, and I was visiting with a friend of mine, and then I was going to be making my way to Puerto Escondido, where I was Comet, oh and Comet called God. me on, like, my, oh, thank you. Can you hear Hi. me? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Comet called me on, like, my second day in Cancun, and she said, I just ran into your ex on the beach, like in this small little like surf beach town in Mexico. And he was like literally living like 10 minutes away from her where I was about to be going and staying for two weeks. And I was like, oh my gosh. She was warning me like, all this stuff for me that i had said, right? <laughs> like oh my goodness <laughs> what and then i i considered like not going like there was a part of me that was like mm-hmm. maybe i'll just run away and like not <laughs> not go do this and and then i was like no like even if i don't run into him obviously i was supposed to face all of these feelings that are come up coming up at the thought of even running into him so like i'm going to go and i'll probably see him and I was right. It was like the third day I was there. I, I ran into him like the first night I was having dinner by myself sitting in this restaurant and he walked by and saw me immediately. And we had a really difficult conversation that night that like really led me to kind of unleash a lot of the rage that I had been feeling inside of myself that I hadn't been admitting to that. I had been just pretending was like, okay, Mm. that I wasn't hurt. And I was, I was hurt and I needed to let it out and I needed to process it. And that turned into this like six month journey in Mexico where it was just like, I was supposed to stay for three weeks and I went on this (sighs) huge initiation of traveling through the mountains and writing my book and following magical synchronicities without attachment and just watching as things unfolded for me. I have so many magical stories of that time and being present for my best friend's end of her pregnancy, her free birth. It was just me and the father of the child at our home in Mexico for her free birth. And her postpartum as well as her relationship dissolving postpartum healing so much Mm -hmm. sisterhood like there was so much that happened in that six months it's like I lived a lifetime in six months Mm -hmm. and then I recently went back to the states and I had this attachment to like finding a home there and like ending my nomad chapter and like bringing my dog over from Indonesia and I had this perception of like okay ha ha I'm done my initiation like I can just go home and like do all these things and like build a home and had so many attachments to how that was going to look and how that was going to unfold and the more that I tried to like make it look a certain way or make it work a certain way the more that things were not going according to plan and I was like oh my gosh like I obviously still didn't learn my lesson like here I am (laughs) Still trying to control this. And it got to the point where I was literally like, oh my goodness, I just made this huge investment in myself. I invested in the highest level of of mentorship that I have up until this point with a soul aligned mentor because I had created consistent income in my business. I was making, you know, five to $7,000 a month consistently. And then some months were higher, but I had like a monthly recurring revenue. I'd created stability. Like in my mind, I'm like, I'm stable (laughs) and everything's good. Right. And so I make this big investment and life starts falling apart. Like the home that I'm thinking about getting in Austin doesn't work out. It falls through. And like, I have a couple of clients pull out and I end up going into like this month where my monthly recurring revenue is the lowest it's been for the year after I've just made this commitment to this investment. And like my I'm like dating and like relationships are going weird and wonky and like all these things are happening. And I'm like, what is happening? Like what's happening? It's happening again. Ah. Oh, ah, and like I think this is like where so many people resist, right? Where they're like, yeah. this is why. And myself included, like this part mm-hmm. of the journey is where so many of us resist. And when we resist, we just go deeper into the purge until we're willing to finally allow the purge to happen because the purge is a necessary part of the initiation as a healer. Like we're gonna go through these purge cycles, and the longer we resist the slower it takes for that wheel of fortune to turn back towards the upwards momentum. And so I was in this resistance and like hanging on and clinging to all these things. And it got to the point where I was like in this situation where I had like a couple hundred dollars in my bank account. I was like, had all these bills coming up. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was trying to like still find a home in Austin. And I was like kind of just waiting for things to like work out for me. I had a lot of invitations like I had an invitation from this man to like come and live with him for a while, but it like, didn't feel right. And like there was contraction around that relationship. And I had another invitation to like go stay with a friend and like, that didn't feel right. I had another invitation to take over a friend's lease and like, that didn't feel right. And I was like, none of these invitations feel right. And I'm like, what's happening? Like, Oh, like I feel obligated to say yes to an unaligned invitation, but that I know that that's not going to work out for me. So, like, I'm just going to wait in this liminal space, even though this void is like, oh, so uncomfortable. And I had a friend of mine invite me to this event in Austin, and I took all my stuff with me. I was like, I'm moving to Austin that weekend, and (laughs) like, still kind of lying to myself, like, I'm sure I'll find something. (laughs) And I'm Mm -hmm. like, show up in Austin go to this event, end up in this portal with these incredible women who were invited together by my friend. And all of these things are like being reflected back to me in the space of this community with my sisters who are so honest and raw and vulnerable and like willing to do the deep work with me. And my friend invites me, she's like, come back to Mexico. And in my mind, I'm like, I can't do that. Like that'll i be a failure. But there was like the wave. It was like the first invitation that I received that was like this wave of like, yes, in my body. And I was like, okay okay, I guess I'm going to Mexico. And like, I had a couple hundred dollars in my bank account. I look up tickets. There's one for $90 and I can only take a backpack because it's like an economy flight, right? Like backpack only. I'm like, okay, like strapping on my backpack, like paying this $90, like getting my ass to Mexico, like going to figure it out from there. We'll see what happens. (laughs) So I like get to Mexico and I'm like, okay, dealing with all these feelings of failure of like, oh, I'm back in Mexico. I didn't close my nomad chapter. Like I said, I was going to like beating Mm. myself up for like saying I was going to do these things and not doing them. And there was a little bit of a process around that, that I had to go through of like forgiveness. And at first I was like, oh, I need to forgive myself. Like this is about forgiving myself. And then it was like, oh wait, maybe there's something here about like forgiving the masculine for like Mm. people in my past who said they were going to support me and then didn't. And then I was like, Ooh, like there's another layer here. Like there's something here. And my mentor was like, you have to heal your relationship with God. Like Mm. you really just don't trust God to catch you. Like you literally Do not trust God to support you in the moments where you trust your intuition. You think that you have to figure it out. And it's all about you, 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 you. Like, I got to figure this out. I got to do something. And like, every time you, you submit, you're submitting with control. You're submitting because you think that's the only way you can get what you want. Mm -hmm. I was like, fuck. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That could be so, uh, so
1: triggering too because like depending on your past and like what the word god even brings up within you you know it be like mm. trust god like you know <laughs> i don't know the words yeah. for it but
0: <laughs> mm. yeah yeah Like when I first started my journey with God, like I was atheist most of my life. I went to church when I was young with my grandparents, but I never really believed in God. Like I went to church to be social basically. And (laughs) yeah. And then I was atheist. And when I met my ex, my ex-husband, I was an atheist and he was an atheist too. And we used to like poke fun at religion, at belief in God. Mm -hmm. Like we were very just like, detached from the whole concept of God in general. And then I hit this point and it was during my catalyst into entrepreneurship where I started to like meditate and read like self-help books and like journal and like do these practices, breath work, like for the first time ever. And I started to have experiences of God and I didn't understand what was happening Yes. And it's crazy because I did it out of comparison. Like I was like, this is what other successful people are doing. So this must be what I need to do to be successful. It's so funny, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I I had a spiritual awakening because of comparisonitis basically. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. You had a similar experience. Um, My
1: first, my first entry to it was because I was really stressed out. I used to work in the fashion industry and I was like really stressed at my job and I heard like yoga is good for stress so let me go to that and that led me to a spiritual awakening but like also the comparing myself to like what are successful people doing like at that time I was following like Tony Robbins and more of like masculine people and it was like all right wake up at five thirty do your meditation, do your breath work. And like, (laughs) that led me to some great things. But like, eventually that had to be dismantled when I had to be like, I'm a feminine being. (laughs) I'm very feminine. And like, I was denying that side of myself by following a formula of success
0: yes I really resonate with that I totally resonate with that the same thing like when I first got into it it was following all these really masculine people and it Mm -hmm. was like oh the solution is more discipline the solution is more micromanaging my schedule and like more time blocking (laughs) and I know and like you said it got it got us somewhere like when it was the beginning right Mm -hmm. it was the beginning of the journey and and then it was like I started to have psychic experiences and experiences of God and like connection to God, but I didn't call it God. Like when I first had it, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, like I'm psychic and like, yeah, I'm like, and I still use the word psychic, but I have much deeper of an understanding of what that actually means. Like, but I wanted mm-hmm. to keep it up here. Right. Cause I was like scared of, of saying the G word. Like I was scared to mm-hmm. say God. So I would say source or universe or, you know, Mm -hmm. collective consciousness. And I was avoiding the word Mm -hmm. God at all costs. And it was really only a couple of years ago that I started Mm -hmm. like saying the word God. And I recognize that that has a a trauma response in some people because it also used to have a trauma response in me like because i yeah, had so yeah. much conditioning around religion and what god means and i was so against religious religious hierarchical patriarchal structures of oppression i associated the word god with those systems And therefore rejected the whole notion and concept of God altogether. And that was a huge, like dismantling journey for me to get to where I am today, to be able to talk about God and recognize I'm not talking about it in the way that's societally acceptable or institutionally acceptable but also is the way that I know God to be true through my personal experience and recognizing that that's not going to be for everyone, but I can't limit my self-expression around the concept of God mm. and my experience of God to appease those people. I have yeah. to be free and liberated in that self-expression of what my experience of God has been. Yeah.
1: I, I love this. I love this topic because um, I definitely have a trigger response with the word God, like not I don't know if trigger response is the right word. I don't mind when other people use it. It doesn't bother me anymore like it used to. And I noticed that this summer, it was actually on a day where we had a Medicine Muse call. I was in the grocery store and this like random lady was like, she looked at me and she's like, Jesus loves you. And I'm like, thank you. He loves you too. And then I, in my mind, I was like, I would have never responded like that a few months ago. But, um, when i speak i wouldn't i wouldn't use the words god or jesus cuz it for me doesn't sound like me mm, but yeah, when other but... people use it i'm like i'm fine with it so i guess I that's that. the like differentiation with knowing like um your own true expression and and also like respecting other people's true self expression because i'm not over here like she shouldn't say the word god because of <laughs> this big man in the sky that's going to smite me for touching myself
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes and for the record that is not my perception of god like (laughs) yeah yeah of course (laughs) it's so it's so like when people ask me well like who do you think god is i'm like what do you mean like who do i think god is like who like who Like why, why are we having a conversation about who God is like, that's not even a conversation I feel capable of having, you know, like Mm -hmm. to me, it's not, it's not a conversation about like which religion is right. That's like a conversation that a lot of people want to have um, because they either for their own reasons whether they want their own beliefs to be validated or they're trying to decide if their beliefs align with mine or whatever that looks like and and that's cool it doesn't matter whatever their intention is my my boundary is that that's not the conversation i'm going to have because i don't yeah. identify as religious so yeah same um yeah but i definitely believe in god and that took me mm-hmm. a long time to say and like i and yeah. so it it's also like there had to be that separation for me between God and religion Mm -hmm. in order for me to be able to say, I believe in God because I don't really believe in religion Mm -hmm. and, and it's not, it's not because like, I think religion is beautiful. And I think that there's a lot of people who have really discovered themselves through their path with religion.
1: For some people, that's their path. Exactly. I've I've noticed that too, that like for some people it's very helpful but in my experience, it's been very oppressive.
0: (laughs) Yes. Right. And to me, I'm like, if you have found your truest self-expression through the path of religion and through Mm -hmm. like whatever your relationship with God looks like, I would never shame that. Like, I want Mm -hmm. you to feel like you have the best relationship you could possibly have with God regardless yeah. of what that path looks like for you, because yeah. that's really what I want for myself. And I know how good that feels to have. And so I would never shame someone else's path of how they've found that relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. It's interesting how we are like these tiny humans in comparison to like the whole of, the whole of everything that exists and like how big our planet is that we live on. And here we are thinking that with our thoughts and words that we could like describe what God is when, <laughs> you know? and, or and like we're like, who God is. or who. <laughs> who, and, and, and we like <laughs> depict God as like a human form, like, which makes no sense when like mm. all these other animals and life forms existed before humans. And like, even, I, it's just wild. Um, but I think it's very understated and not talked about enough how it's such a healthy thing to come to your own terms of what is God or like what religion do you follow or are you spiritual or not? Are you atheist? Like it's very important for your health to be able to come to that realization on your own instead of like just taking on the conditioning that you got from your house or from your from, from your home, from your family, from your environment that you grew up in yeah. and instead coming to those terms on your own and then like expressing that with safety, like feeling safe to express it.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's one of those, like, it's, it's so interesting. It's one of those taboo topics that's out there everywhere. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like sex, sex mm-hmm. god money it's these things that everyone is curious about and everyone wants to have conversations about yeah. free of shame so that we can explore like ooh well what could that look like for me that would feel really fun and liberated and allow me to explore my true self expression and to find my authenticity and and when we do that when we can have those conversations free of the shame that mm-hmm. that's when some serious magic happens because we're able to connect as humans in a way that we're not not able to connect when shame is present. When we're hiding a piece of ourselves because we're worried that it's not going to be received by the other person. Yeah, that's so true.
1: Because yeah. then we get to be like the topic that we have intended to talk about. We get to be embodied. We get to be not only speaking our truth out loud, but we're walking it, we're breathing it, we're acting in alignment to that truth. And Mm. that's the only way to create the life that you actually truly desire.
0: Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Some gospel. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. I, I completely agree with you. I'm glad it came up in this conversation because you asked like your question was what's the most alive for me right now. And what's mm-hmm. al- the most alive for me right now is true surrender to God, true mm-hmm. submission to God, true allowance of God bringing me to my knees and still being fully devoted, fully mm-hmm. in faith, fully in commitment. Like right now I'm integrating. What does it mean for me to fully love and to fully put my heart on the line in everything that I do, in Mm. all my relationships, in my business, in my service, in my offerings, without an attachment to what that's going to give me and allowing myself to discover what God's plan is for me when I allow myself to show up in that way without attachment to an outcome.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I could definitely lean into that more.
0: <laughs> mm, I think we all could. I think it's like the human condition to not have that trust and faith and that's part of yeah. the that's part of the beauty of our evolution. Like part of mm-hmm. the beauty is that I learned through the pain how beautiful the joy is. Like I learned mm. through the contrast, like how like uh, for example, I recently had A lot of these lessons recently have been in in love, I think, because that's kind of coming out of a seven year relationship, which was the majority of my adult life. I kind of got thrust into like, okay, this thing that used to have a safe container no longer does. And so now you're Mm -hmm. like completely free to explore What do you want in this realm? And like, what could that look like? And I've had so many encounters that I was like, ooh, ah, like this (laughs) no. And then some that I was like, ooh, yes, like, hmm, maybe, you know. And so I've just been really curious in that particular realm. And I've been discovering myself in a lot of ways through dating and through sexual experiences and intimacy and deep conversation and and Recently, I had someone come into my life who blew my mind. Like, I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I almost gave up. I almost lost faith that I could have this feeling. I almost lost faith that someone like you existed. I almost lost faith that, like, love got to feel this way. I almost lost faith (laughs) that, like, Like I literally was like almost giving up on my desire, which Mm. my, my Mm -hmm. relationship with desire that I've been navigating is my belief is that desire is God given and that there's Mm -hmm. a version of us who's already created that thing. Otherwise we wouldn't even have the desire because we wouldn't even know how good it actually feels to have it. So Mm -hmm. in there's a timeline, right? Times nonlinear. So there's a version of us who already has all of those things and knows how good they feel to have and how fulfilling and joyous and how much they bring us closer to God to have the experience of having them brings us, which is why we even have the desire in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so I had almost given up on desire like I was like it's I don't know if this exists like maybe I'm not gonna feel this way like maybe this just isn't real like maybe I'm just like delusional like I don't know and then this person appeared in my life and I was like oh my god literally like oh my god like you exist like (laughs) this feeling exists like my desires are not so wildly ridiculous like they're already mine Mm -hmm. and Yeah, it's, it's like, it's just cracking my heart open because I'm having to learn and be the embodiment of it's terrifying to love fully knowing that your heart might literally be obliterated. Like most people aren't willing to devote themselves to their purpose because they're so scared of failing. Mm -hmm. Most people aren't willing to fully commit to love because they're so scared of having their heart broken. Most people aren't like totally willing to have faith in God because what if God doesn't catch them in their moment of need? Right. So like most people aren't willing to go all in with their soul's evolution because there's so much fear of what could happen If we do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm just learning how do I show up and love fully, even though my heart might be broken? How do I show up and fully commit to my purpose, even if it never becomes the thing I want it to become? My creations Mm -hmm. never actually get received. You know, all of these things that it's like, how can I still? show up fully and wear my heart on my sleeve and be my fullest expression of myself and like live heart wide open, even knowing that at some point I'm going to experience pain, deep pain that I've like, that is pain that I've never had before. Right. Because I'm loving so much more than I've ever loved before. Yeah.
1: I have body chills. So good. Yeah. So it's so true that like, we, we have to risk ourselves in that way. In order to feel that joy, and I feel like eventually in your journey, as long as you you know continue to have, like for me, I've had many moments in my life of lows. That it's to a point now where, if if I feel like something shitty is about to happen, I'm like, oh yes, I'm gonna grow through this, (laughs) you know. But it is still very terrifying to think about um, how in love, like, you're just so vulnerable. Like, I totally resonate with everything that you said. Like, I feel the same way with my husband. Before him and I started dating, I was, like, ready to go be a monk in, like, the mountains and shave my head and just, like, give up on being a part of civilization and just go meditate until I die. I was, like, ready to do that.
0: Yes. I feel that so strongly. I understand. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what, what's funny about that is like, I've known my husband since I was 13.
0: Wow.
1: But the like possibility of him being my husband opened up in both of us going through our own journeys of exactly this, of like going through pain, be- letting our hearts be obliterated and going through the growth and evolution and expansion and just like continuous expansion and as you were talking I was like I just got this message of like this piece about surrendering to God and being open up opened up to God I feel like there's a piece here of like that it like reminds you that you're worthy and it reminds you of how embodied you were in your worthiness like from when you were born like for example when a baby is born and they cry like they just cry they're not like oh should i cry should i I?" (laughs) yes they're just you know they're just they're expressed they're they're worthy and they're like they're there and they're so close to god too like oh being around a newborn or young children it's like a spiritual experience they're so wise and so close to God
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. it really is yeah Mm -hmm. yeah being with my friend for the birth of her child and getting to experience him as this newborn and I get to see them all the time now as well and he's only five months old so it it is it's just like Mm -hmm. you do you see that they're not concerned with someone's reaction to them. They're they're yeah. simply expressing their needs and knowing mm-hmm. and believing full well that their needs are going to be met when they express the need for something. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt there. It's mm-hmm. like I'm going to cry because I need attention. I'm going to I'm going to, you know, pull away because I don't want that person to touch me. I'm going to put my arms up because I want that person to pick me up, right? It's like there's mm-hmm. no it's so instinctual and it's so just grounded in knowing that of Mm -hmm. course I'm going to be taken care of and it's so interesting like the journey of us forgetting that because we always end up coming if we do this work we come back to it eventually but it's like coming back it's literally coming back to where we started
1: (laughs) yeah exactly and like bless the time that we forget because like that gives us such like juicy substance of like memories and things we got to feel and Gives us very good contrast of mm-hmm. like this is the other side of it. Mm, mm-hmm. I think that yeah. contrast is very necessary. And and also within the contrast, you you begin to realize like everything is the same. Like sadness mm-hmm. isn't negative or bad. Depression mm-hmm. isn't bad. Anger isn't bad. Like it's all it all just is. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes. exactly. You know?
1: And we're meant to feel yeah. all of it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it's a gift. Like all of it's a gift. And like if we were happy all the time, we wouldn't know what happiness was. We would it would just be mm-hmm. our normal state of being. We wouldn't have the contrast that lets us know how beautiful happiness is. And that's the beauty of the sadness is like the knowing that there's the alternative and the knowing that this isn't forever and the knowing that it's a part of the human experience. That's definitely like that this lesson that I'm integrating of allowing myself to fully show up and to fully put my heart and my soul into everything that I'm doing, knowing full well that there's going to be pain that comes with the experience Mm -hmm. of cracking open in this way. Mm -hmm. It's, it is, like you said, it's like a looking forward to it. It's like a looking Mm -hmm. forward to the fact that I've opened myself up to this whole new experience of feeling that I didn't even know was available to me because I've been compartmentalizing and boxing myself and trying to protect myself from experiencing the pain. So I didn't even know that there was this fullness of love available to me or this fullness of pleasure, this fullness of joy, this fullness of whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's like, we think of these things as dualistic and on like a linear spectrum, but really they're holistic. Like I really think about it like a sphere, like at any point we're accessing this ever expanding fear of, sphere of feeling, sphere of feeling Mm -hmm. that's always growing, the more work we do to quote unquote expand, right? This word that we talk about all of the time, like we're expanding our capacity to feel, we're expanding our capacity to experience, we're expanding our capacity to receive, we're expanding our capacity to give. And with that comes the whole spectrum of the human experience because every single aspect of it is necessary for that expansion.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah so good. It's really juicy.
1: it is. and it's it's so silly that, like we we're, we're as humans, we're like scared of opening ourselves up to all these things, keeping us safe when we're essentially all on a journey leading to our grave. <laughs>
0: I know. Like we may as well go for it. Like, what do you have yeah. to lose? Like you're going like, to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like life is already risky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's inherently risky. Every time you get in your car, every time you get out of your bed, yeah. like everything, like yeah. it's true. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. And I mean, the more that I, do this the more that i like allow myself to not fear the experience of living <laughs> and the more i go fully into it and the more i submit and surrender to the experiences that god is giving to me and recognize that they're for me and that my soul actually is getting a lot of pleasure even out of the painful experiences the more I receive things that are beyond my wildest imagination. Like my imagination isn't even the limit. Like when I came Mm. to Mexico, I was like, I have no idea what's about to happen. And then magic has happened beyond my wildest dreams. Like I, I'm, so it's only been two weeks, two and a half weeks, something like that since I arrived here and like I said, coming here, I had $200 in my bank account. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have more money in my bank account now than I've had all year. And I've had my highest (laughs) cash income month. I've met someone who like, regardless of the outcome is definitely a soulmate and who I'm already having this incredible experience with. I've been in women's circles with with these women who just like fully see and love me. And like, there's so much sisterhood and like cracking open and just like, wow, like this is available to me. I'm having my mind blown. Like things that are (laughs) literally beyond my wildest imagination are already happening. And we forget Mm. that sometimes I think that our imagination is limited. Like what we think is possible for us isn't even what's available to us. There's Mm. even more available to us. And Mm. we can't discover that without surrender because If we're trying Mm -hmm. to control or we are attempting control, I I keep saying trying or attempting because we don't really have as much control as we think we do. It's very illusory. But in that control, we inherently limit ourselves to what we believe is possible, what we think is possible, what we can imagine is possible, what other people say is possible.
1: Mm -hmm. That reminds me of one of the things I heard like in the very beginning of my self-development journey that blew my mind where someone drew like a diagram of like here's your brain here's what you know here's what you you know that you don't know and then over here are things that you don't know and you don't know that you don't know it
0: <laughs> yeah just like oh, what, <gasps> what, the fuck? what that exists i'm like yeah. yeah exactly yeah and there's no way to know it until you know it like that's exactly
1: it. It's just there in in a in a blind spot.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, one of my one of my spiritual teachers and past mentors taught me this concept of like everything is three facing. Everything's like triangular. We think of everything as like linear, linear, and dualistic. But when you start to expand your consciousness, you recognize that there's always an unknowable answer so like there's always Mm -hmm. like the known there's always the Mm -hmm. known everything that we know to be true and then there's always the unknown which we're constantly attempting to make known right we're always Mm -hmm. it's like there's the positive force of the known stuff exactly Mm -hmm. there's that positive masculine force of the known and then there's the negative force of the unknown the mystery the feminine and then there's always a third force always There's always a third neutral force of the unknowable things that we will never make known things that are impossible Mm -hmm. to make known that will always be forever. The unknown, the unknowable. And we forget about that, that womb, right? It's like the pot, the another analogy for this triage would be like the positive force of the sperm, right? That active force, that penetrative force. And then the unknown, the polarity, the thing that pulls the positive force to it to be discovered and then there's always the womb right the neutral space where those things come together to create Mm. something that is more than the sum of its parts but that is never actually part of the sum is something that is always outside of it bigger than it more than it that is the space of that creation but that is something that will never be fully known Mm. and when I had that concept explained to me I was like wow like that's really where that surrender piece comes in is like that moment of recognizing that I am limited simply in my human capacity to only know so much and that there is always something bigger and greater from than me at work. Right. Mm -hmm. We're kind of playing with this concept of God, right. Where it's Mm -hmm. like, even if, even if you're a scientifically driven person, you can't, You you have to know logically, rationally, that there are things that will always be unknowable, that humans Mm. will never fully be able to understand or interpret, no matter how much research we do, no matter how much digging we do, no matter how much of Mm. our brain capacity we turn on. There are certain things that can be maybe felt or experienced, but not logically explained. Mm. And that's just part of the human condition. I believe we're made that way on purpose. And I think that there's a really powerful reason for that. That is okay for us to not know. And in fact, is part of the reason why life is worth living in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Mic drop.
1: (laughs) 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 I'm I'm curious to know. So you said that the connection with with God more started with like what came out of comparisonitis, like the meditating Mm. and all of that stuff. When that deepened, like, what was it that you, like, how did you approach this new relationship you were creating with God for anyone that's listening, who might be like, triggered by it and, and also open to like, all right, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try to open myself and surrender. What would you give them to do that worked for you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The first thing that's coming up is part of the reason why I struggled with God so much is because a lot of, um, a lot of my perception of the teachings of God was that I was, I had something wrong with me, that there was something mm. inherently wrong with me that was like shameful and that I needed to hide away in order to be worthy of receiving blessings, my desires. Yeah. And yeah when I began my journey of healing my relationship with God, a lot of what I was healing was shame. I was doing shadow and shame work Mm. and realizing that I was perfectly made to receive all of the things that I even had even the slightest desire for, and that any mask or, condition behavior or belief or thought that I was having that wasn't that wasn't true to who I actually am that I felt shame around was not a god was not a godly thought (laughs) and like feels really big to say I hesitated to say it because it's like I think we're taught we're kind of like playing in the realm of like Puritan, but like, this is what Mm. I was removing myself from was this Mm -hmm. Puritanical thinking that said that I needed to be pure in some way that someone else outside of me, who's a human was dictating to me in order for me to be worthy of what I wanted. And so that was where my, my big kind of like esoteric, journey began of like spirituality and God was shadow and shame work and recognizing Mm -hmm. that shame serves no one, no one, no certainly not God. Yeah. Like you believing that something is wrong with you, that you need to change in order to be worthy of the, the God given desires that you have is distance from God is separation from God. And the more that we can dissolve shame And do the shadow integration work to come back to our wholeness, the more closely close to God we will be, which in my opinion is why it's considered holy is because it is our wholeness. Mm. And so that would be, that's like a big place to start, but like any feeling of shame and shame, just to clarify, like, cause guilt and shame are different. I still feel guilty sometimes if I do something that's out of integrity with myself, if I act out of integrity with my true self. I can I can notice like I did something that didn't feel right to me, that felt out of integrity. And so I did something that felt wrong or felt bad and I feel guilty about that, about that action that I took or that thing that I said or that thing that I did. Whereas shame is much deeper. Shame is there is something innately wrong with me as a person, not the actions I'm taking or the things that I'm doing or the words that I'm using, but me as a person, there's something fundamentally wrong with me. This is the root of shame. This is the definition of shame and the best one I've found so far anyways. And, and that serves no one. Like you believing that something is wrong with you and that you're broken and that you can't have what you want because you're just broken and you're made wrong. Like this is the furthest Mm -hmm. from God you could possibly be. Yeah. So that's where I would begin.
1: I love that. I love that. And it's so synchronistic that like we're sitting here together because I just had a huge download about shame like a few days ago. (laughs) Amazing. Of course, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like us. It's like I was being prepared to be here. And um what what basically came through to sum it down is how shame has created um shame. And then like most people not wanting to look at their shame has created this culture around us where everyone, not everyone, where most people are disconnected, where we're individual because in my opinion, from the work I've done and and the things I like to read about psychology and the brain and healing and stuff, I think when we hold in our shame and we don't process it and we don't deal with it, then we are like projected into a little game of narcissism. Mm. We're putting on this show of like, I'm great. I'm wonderful. I have a happy face on. Everything is fine. When really inside we're not feeling whole. Mm. And when we walk around that way, we can't ever connect with other people. And that is rampant in America, at least.
0: Yeah. 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 I think like, when I look at, when I look at like where we're at right now as humans, (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. we're
0: in a place where a lot of, there's a lot of division. There's a lot of hatred. Yeah. There's a lot of disconnection and that disconnection and that hatred, it's, it's just a macro uh, in humanity. It's just a macrocosm of the microcosm, which is that we all have a mini verse inside of ourselves where mm. we feel that way about ourselves. We hate ourselves. Mm-hmm. We are mm-hmm. disconnected from ourselves. Yeah. Right. So I agree. Like that is that is where it's at. Like if we can heal that within ourselves, that's going to have a ripple effect of change on the planet because when we inherently yeah, stop sure. judging our stel- ourself for who we are, we can look at somebody else who's different than us and accept them for who they are without making it mean anything about our identity. Like so many people, they project other people's belief systems as wrong because they need to feel validated in their own belief systems because mm. they they feel shameful that if they don't believe those things that they're a bad person. And so their identity is associated with their beliefs. And so they're re- constantly seeking external validation that their beliefs are worthy of praise. Their d- beliefs are worthy of positivity and positive judgment and accolades. And, and when we stop doing that when we realize like oh my beliefs actually aren't my identity and it's okay if somebody else has different beliefs because that doesn't threaten me as a person and my identity as a good person then we're able to love and accept one another and division ceases to exist
1: mm-hmm. mm. so good I just looked at the time do you have a call right after this no okay I have a few questions I like to ask towards the end and we should okay. get into
0: those now <laughs> Let's do it.
1: (laughs) So, the first one is What does self love mean to you?
0: Yeah. (sighs) So, I think we just, I feel like we just did a long summary of that is like, Mm -hmm. it's really being shameless. Like, it's this Mm. total radical self acceptance of like even our darkest bits of ourselves that we think or we have thought in the past are wrong. It's this willingness to see, you know, if I had the right circumstances or the the right conditioning, like I could be that person who's done these terrible things, right? It's like this this willingness to see ourselves as a whole being full of all of the darkness and all of the light and being willing to recognize that like we're in a devotion to a certain path often you know if you're listening to this podcast someone who's devoted to like the light and healing and goodness and love and unity and like acceptance but there that doesn't mean that the capacity for a different choice doesn't exist within us and mm. it's like a willingness to just witness ourselves in all of that multi and not judge or criticize any of it yeah yeah that's
1: huge to not judge yourself through that because We're bound to grow. And even in the beginning of the podcast, like you were you were sharing about how you had all these things that you created in your life. You created this, I think you said bomb.com life. (laughs) Yes, that
0: was it. (laughs) Yeah, you had
1: your bomb.com life and like dismantling it was like you were losing your identity. And that's like that's the key to be able to dismantle what we thought was true and what we thought was me or yourself your identity because as you move and you grow you're bound to change
0: Mm.
1: you know and the change is good the change is showing that you're growing the change is showing that you're opening up to new things it's showing that 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 stuff that you don't know that you don't know is coming to the light so Mm -hmm. yeah I love all of that what makes you feel the most grounded
0: hmm The most grounded I feel is when I take a moment to connect with God. So I think prayer is one of those things that we are really conditioned to think is like, oh, like I'm on my knees and I have my hands together (laughs) on my temple or my heart space and I'm praying. But prayer is, to me, a walking devotional. It's like, In every moment, am I communing with God? Am I checking in with my intuition, the messages that I'm receiving, the guidance that I'm receiving? Am I trusting that? Am I having faith in that? So, in those moments, it can be, you know, having a conversation with someone. It can be while I'm out grocery shopping. It can be first thing when I wake up in the morning or before I go to bed. It can be any moment. It could be when I'm making love. It's this moment of checking in with myself and asking, like, am I? co-creating with God right now? Like, am I fully being present in this moment? Am I tapped in with my intuition? Am I saying yes to the thing that is a yes? Am I leaning in, even if it's the unknown? Am I trusting and having faith that this is exactly where I'm supposed to be? And this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And am I listening? So that when I take those moments and the more I'm conscious of it, the more grounded I feel in general, right? It's like, I feel quite grounded as a person, like, even though I'm mm-hmm. very spiritual and I have all these ideas, like it's very rare nowadays for the most mm-hmm. part that I'm in my head. I'm very mm-hmm. often in my body and I'm very often, you know, moving in the energy and the, yeah. the intuition and trusting that that is enough, that I don't need to know what's next and like how it, what I'm doing in this yeah. moment connects to the next moment. Like, I don't need to know all of that. And in those moments I feel really grounded. Yeah.
1: And that's definitely felt your groundedness. I feel it in your presence. I feel it even in your content that you post. So Mm, definitely an embodiment of that. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) I appreciate that reflection. That feels really nice. Mm.
1: (laughs) My favorite question. And then we'll get into where people can find you. What is your favorite part about being a woman? Mm.
0: I got chills, like, with the question. It was, like, so nice. And my favorite part about being a woman is the magic and the mystery. Like, we're so magical. We're portals of creation. We're vessels for creation. And we don't need to do anything to create. Like, the ultimate metaphor is, like, being a mother, you know? Mm. Like, Mm. our bodies are capable of Creation, not because we do something. Like when when it's not like we're like okay, and now let's connect the semen to the egg, and like we're gonna do it. Like th- like it just happens, yeah, and then and we, we literally are-
1: receive the semen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then our body creates life, right? Yeah. Like that to me is like one of the ultimate metaphors for how the magic and the mystery of being a woman is the fact that we don't need to do something to be these magical portals of creation. We just simply are through our existence.
1: Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. So for everyone listening, where can they find you online and tell us about your work and how they can play with you?
0: Yay. I love this. So you can come hang out with me on Instagram is my favorite place to hang out, which is you are into it. Y-O-U-A-R-E-I-N-T-U-I-T. Like you are intuitive, but without the if on the end. And that is also my website, youareintuit.com. And I would highly recommend like joining my email list and subscribing to the blog and the podcast as well. I've the Reclaiming Purpose podcast. And even if I one day am not on social media, I'll always be connected in those ways. So that's a great way to hang out. And ah, my work right now is. Mostly very intimate with one-on-one clients and my mastermind. So Mm -hmm. I don't have any one-on-one spaces open at the moment, but you can apply for the wait list if you're interested in working in that capacity with me. And I have a rolling mastermind called the way mastermind. And this is for those of you who you recognize that you're on the journey of entrepreneurship, but entrepreneurship isn't just about like making money and building a business. Like it's a medicine journey for you, it's an initiation. Mm-hmm. And you recognize that you're going through the portal of your priestesshood, that you're learning what it means to be a fully alive being who is really connected to source and to God, and to have your life and your business and your messaging be that walking, talking prayer like we talked about earlier. And you are looking to fully embody your priestess codes in everything that it is that you do. And the way mastermind is yeah, always open for enrollment, ever growing in price point and its limitation in capacity. So if that's something you're interested in, you can send me a DM on Instagram or you can check it out at uarintuit.com slash the hyphen way.
1: Nice. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for playing and co-creating today. This was really yeah. Fun. It was. I kind so of kept fun. the conversation going. When I looked
0: at the time, I'm like, oh, I'm 55. How'd that happen? Yes. <laughs> we entered the time portal, baby. Where it just yes. time is illusory. It doesn't exist. <laughs> yes. yes. yes.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Openly Spoken. I know that there's an abundance of content online, so I really appreciate you giving me your ears today. If this episode shifted something for you, please share this with a friend and slash or write us a podcast review if you're listening to this on iTunes so that more people can find this. If anything shifted for you from this episode that you wanna have a conversation about, I would love to hear from you. Just send me a DM over on Instagram at self babe. And that is in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next time.